Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Greetings and good day, everybody. It's me, Katie Petrick, joined by the modern-day medicine man himself, Mr. David Fiorazzo. We've got some interesting things to talk about today, including some fun facts about the two of us that you wish you'd never known about, but you will. So make sure you stick around. But first, a pediatric gender program director in New Haven, Connecticut, I call it Connecticut. Connecticut. It's home of the prestigious Yale University, as you remember. It's facing a firestorm after after a video surfaced of her discussing how she works with, wait a minute, three-year-olds who believe they are the opposite gender. David, it's Connecticut. Yeah, Yale's gender program treats toddlers there's the headline uh, there's a video in a minute but the university's uh, pediatric gender program director started really a firestorm on social media revealing that children as young as three that's one two three are being treated with gender what, what they're calling now remind of the words you know remember the words medical intervention um, one student told campus reform that psychiatrists need to be considering the long-term ramifications of, quote, medical interventions. Now, her name is, where is it, Christy Olazeski, I think, Olazeski, that's right. And uh, we're talking about individuals from three to 25 and their families. Sorry, guys, this is happening. I know we're just shaking our heads, go, you're going, no way, no way. Watch this. I am the director of the Yale Gender Program, which is an interdisciplinary program working with gender expansive individuals, three to 25, and their families. We um, help individuals who are questioning their gender identity or who identify as transgender or non-binary. We help them with their gender journey, um, thinking through that, thinking through the risks and the benefits of uh, medical intervention, uh, starting medical intervention, um, and also building supports around them. And I love what I do, so it's really, really wonderful to, to be working in this field and to be working with individuals who are gender diverse and gaining their support and helping them on their gender journeys. Katie, okay. that music was yeah. creepy. That <laughs> was almost was. like something out of a horror movie. A couple things that yeah. I know. Three things. Number one, how many times can you say gender in one little clip? Number two, we talk about how words matter. You just mentioned that words matter. Mm -hmm. You could tell that she was being very particular about what she was going to say because she knows that if she says the wrong word, everyone will come after her. And I'm talking about the people that she actually agrees with, all the people on the left, all the people who are okay with mutilating children mm. in the name of equity and inclusivity and, and all the other verbiage they like to put out there. But she did not want to say the wrong word because she knows that they are that crazy over there that she would get targeted and probably canceled for it. The other thing is how excited she was though to be saying 
all that she was saying. She's very excited about this. You could see, I mean, very excited. She's, she, she cares about this gender medical intervention. That's, that's the new phrase, everyone. Wow. Gender medical intervention. It sounds like, Oh, that's gender medical. The lie behind that is the medical community is going to intervene and save that child's life. That's the lie of medical intervention. But I want to point out something real quick here. Um, first of all, this is bogus language, as we mentioned, but here's what a, a Yale student had to say. Actually, we have two quotes from Yale students. One said, if you're giving them treatments that are untested, that are really unproven, and you are psychologically affirming a subjective feeling that goes against their objective biology, then I think you have some serious problems. Hot darn it all the heck, we finally found a Yale student at Yale who deserves to be at Yale because they just said something that made sense. Clearly this psychiatry professor PhD here doesn't make any sense, but then of course she's at Yale because Yale is all about now doing what is the most woke that you can do. It used to be for those who are serious scholars and now wow. it's for those who just think that children should be mutilated. Well, let's quote another Yale student mm. who prefers to remain anonymous. Um, this person was not aware that such a program existed at his university. He said, quote, I was not aware that Yale had a Yale pediat pediatric gender program and am quite shocked that such an institution exists. And um, the student said he was abhorred and disgusted by the program and the video and no mention of the creepy horror music in the background. Oh my gosh, hot darn it all the heck. We, we're we two for a, two. We found a second student who belongs <laughs> at Yale University, the Yale that once was. All you have to do is, I'm like him, what, they have a Yale pediatric gender program at Yale? What? You know, it's a private institution. You have fun paying for that. Oh, wait, you don't probably have to pay for that if you got a federal student loan. You can not have to pay that student loan debt off. So I guess continue going. You are forgiven. To, you are forgiven. You, you, you don't even need to worry about paying for that. Oh, it's the rest of us who would have to pay for it. But anyway, this type of nonsense is, is happening everywhere. We know it's happening everywhere. And, and the fact that they are now making the videos with the creepy music and putting it out there for everyone to see and they're proud of it shows you everything you need to know about them. Now, the ha fact that they are getting the firestorm back on them show in, the, in that these college students, two of them at least, have <laughs> opened their eyes and their ears to say uh, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Maybe I'm the optimist here, cautiously optimistic. I'm an optimistic realist, as I like to say. Maybe we're starting to turn back to reality. So very quickly, um, if a girl is really skinny dealing with anorexia mm, yes. and starving herself, oh, yes. we don't say, oh yes, you are fat. And we don't do that with schizophrenia. We don't, we don't accommodate or we don't affirm people's whatever they're thinking they are when it's not actually true. But this is what we're doing. We're saying, yes, uh, okay, we're going to just make you happy. So this is what's going on. But anyway, we've got to move on. We're out, out of time on this segment. But still to come, nearly 50,000 students in Los Angeles didn't attend the first day of school this year. Now we're talking about that next. Stay with us.
If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Well, that's enough time spent on the East Coast in the <laughs> Yale elites. Let's fly on over across the United States, all the way to Californication. Let's go. And we are going to LA, Los Angeles, where there is nothing high quality happening in education over there. And part of it is because, you know, you kind of need to show up to get the education. But at the same time, maybe you don't need to show up um, because at the Los Angeles Unified School District, which is the nation's second largest school district, well, you, you, uh, nearly 50,000 students just were like, man, I'm not coming to class today. Uh, their school actually started in the middle of August because California schools, I guess, start there and across the nation, obviously we know it's you know back to school time. There were just, just a few absences that, <laughs> Almost fifty thousand. I, I every time 000. I read every time I read the number, I'm just like, I can't believe fifty thousand students did not show up on the first day of school, and that's eleven, roughly eleven percent of their entire student population. Like one in ten, more than one in ten students said, "Nope, first day of school. Who needs to be there?" I guess. Now compared uh, to last year when chronic absenteeism skyrocketed to just shy of 50%. This kind of makes sense then. When you're basically having like half the kids showing up, you don't know. As a teacher, how can you get anything done, obviously, for those teachers who want to truly teach? According to new district superintendent Alberto Carvalho, or Carvalho, uh, he said that such high absenteeism cannot be the case of this year, particularly when we talk about black and brown kids, kids in poverty, English language learners, kids with disabilities. They lost so much ground. Now is the time to accelerate. That's why I'm talking to parents. You need to have your kids in school. Schools are safe. Our protocols and protections are in place. Free breakfast, free lunch, come to school every single day. This is the time, this is the moment. I read that verbatim as to how he said it. So, <laughs> sounds like a PSA. This is the, the time. time. This, this is, is the moment. moment. Free breakfast, free lunch. I, I don't. Is this 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 is a human being speaking? I. But hey, he's the new superintendent for the Los Angeles Unified School District. So there is something to be said there about that. Well, COVID mm. seems to be. David, that's the, one of the reasons they're one of the reasons they're staying home. What are some of the other reasons that they are, well, are saying now in San Diego a few weeks ago, we reported mm -hmm. on the fact that they reinstituted the mask mandates there. I'm not sure about the L.A. school because this one says masks are strongly encouraged, but not required. So there's still some. What are you going to do with this policy? And we've said before, Katie, more than me, has said that once schools get you back, 
then they can change their policies and start putting these mandates out there for masks and whatever else. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm not sure that that's, that's the issue here, but I think a lot of people, um, they say mental health is, is part of the problem. Um, others say, well, we really never did get back 100% since COVID. I think there's just a lot of excuses, Katie. I think the LA district and the LA school system is one of the worst, probably in the country, and that's saying something, when you think of uh, Loudoun County, when you think of Chicago, when you think of some Baltimore, <laughs> we could go on and on, some awful districts and cities in America where the education system is really struggling. Uh, but of course, the answer to that is more money. So, of course, of course yeah. it is. Yeah, so I mean, they're saying, you know, some people may have stayed home. I mean, we're, ta we're not talking about like, oh, wow, we're missing 50 kids out today. A handful of kids. Like 50, 50. <laughs> 50,000, 50,000. 50, so it, it could be the COVID and I mean, maybe some are just using it as an excuse. They're not really like concerned yeah. at all, but then that may also lead to the whole mental illness that is very prevalent across the whole nation because of what happened to our children over the past two years and what adults have done to them or been responsible for doing to them and affecting their mental health. And so uh, one thing to note, um, Marion Kiera, who's the LA County Office of Education Attendance Coordinator, like that's a whole position because <laughs> clearly 50, nearly 50,000 students are gone. Um, they are taking a look at trying to find out why these kids are gone. And she said, they're trying to move away from punishment for missing. They said, we're really trying to move away from punitive measures. We know that kids need to feel successful in order to want to come back to school. We wanna create a supportive environment for students rather than punish them, especially after the pandemic. A lot of students are going to have arrested development and behavior issues. Let's understand that and meet these kids where they're at. This is insane to me though, because haven't we been doing this for the past umpteen years and look where we've gotten in terms of like, you know, no bullying, zero bullying, anti-bullying, right. all this. And then it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And then the pandemic hit and now our kids' mental state is even more fragile. And so now to lure them back, you're going to say no punishment on anything. That's right. And like, they're just going to let everything, everything slide. But uh, whatever the reason is that these kids are not coming back to school, uh, Carvalho said she's dedicating 600 staff members to re-engage chronically absent students. LA, LA, if you live in Los Angeles, <laughs> you are paying, and pretty much all California, you are paying for 600 people to call up these houses, email them, go to them, I'm not sure, and figure out why your kid's not showing up to school. Well, one of the reasons they're pivoting away from any kind of punishment when kids skip or miss class. Did I read that correctly? So they're getting away from that. So kids, they don't have, they're, they're missing the school and they're, they're skipping and there's no consequences. Unlike the old days. <laughs> back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we come back here, we're gonna talk about a little something positive, kind of. Ish. Well, if you can't change your kid's school, maybe in LA, we at least have found five things that every parent must do instead. That's next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED support this show and a great American company.
it's time to get some solid advice, and it's at the hands of Jill Simonian, who is the Director of Outreach for PragerU Kids. If you know PragerU, uh, you may know PragerU Kids. And uh, she wrote a piece to give parents a little advice for if their kids are in public schools, because she understands that, hey, maybe you can't change your school, you know, whatever your life circumstances are. Um, she said that if parents can't pull their kids from schools, then it is imperative that they get more involved in their children's education. And she said that last year she sent her kids to school and she had to make the choice to pull them from the indoctrination and put them in a private school. And she knows not everyone can do that. It's not possible for everyone. So what can you do? Mm. Well, she gave a little list and we're just going to go over it of, uh, the, the things that you, you can do as a parent, five simple things. Number one, examine the emergency forms that your school sends out. She says you should closely review all of the, what they call standard medical treatment and consent forms that schools present to parents at the beginning of the year. Right now, and they, I, I get it <clears throat> as a parent, you're gonna get umpteen forms, umpteen's my word, umpteen forms, and you're gonna have to fill them out, and you're gonna have to hand them in, and maybe you have multiple kids, so that's that many more forms, and you're just gonna get sick of all that paperwork. But she says, you need to look at them. This is the beginning of the year, because what can happen on these forms could make a huge difference to your child later on in the school year. She says, make sure you're not blindly granting permission for school officials school officials to administer medical guidance and or procedures without your permission. A rising number of school districts are now endorsing pronoun changes and suggesting medical intervention procedures without parental consent in the name of creating a welcoming and safe environment, obviously for the students, you know. Okay, number two, and by the way, umpteen has to be a lot more than 19. Yes, right? I think umpteen is more than 19. Okay, I think it is. Uh, number two, opt your child out of S-E-L sex ed and DEI. It's just amazing that, that she puts these in here. I'm not disagreeing the fact that she put them in here, but no explanation. So in other words, a lot of people know what SEL is and DEI. We shouldn't have to deal with social emotional learning and diversity, equity, and inclusion. But there are czars and positions across the country that they're implementing all this garbage. So here's what she says. SEL, Gender Non-Conforming Initiatives, and Culturally Responsive and Restorative, uh, DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Programs, are proven code language. Remember, we talked to you about the importance of language and how they're changing it and using words. They're weaponizing words for victim versus oppressor. Ooh, there's your Marxism for you, oppressor versus oppressed, right? This is victim versus oppressor education and activism. And also keep a Hawkeye for homework, worksheets, online lessons, and digital surveys created by outside agencies outside of the school. The trend of inserting these into our schools is not for the purpose of achieving academic goals. And send written notification to your district and your school to opt out your son or daughter out of any campus programs that deliver these divisive lessons and invasive surveys to children and find a few parents to join you so that your child is not alone. I couldn't agree with her more. That's a very important one right there. Yeah, and she's saying, hey, get on top of it right now. Make sure you file a FOIA request now. That's Freedom of Information Act because you as a parent have the right to utilize access to emails, curriculum details, paper trails, get that locked down now so that when you might 
unfortunately need it, you're ready to go. All right, number four, volunteer. This is a hard, this, this takes your time, right? It takes your commitment and your protect, wanting to protect your kids. Volunteer at your child's classroom and library. Um, you know, we can go on, but there's so much to say about libraries. We already know what kind of books are in there that should not even be there, but volunteer at your child's classroom or library. All right, and then finally she says, don't waste driving time. Basically she's saying, uh, would I you know, rather just kind of listen to music or jam out or whatever uh, when we're in the car taking the kids to practice and all that type of stuff? She says, don't waste driving time. Tackle these tough conversations with your kids. Like talk to your kids. What are they doing? Um, many schools are starting to ban D's and F's, eradicate citizenship grades, allow students to retake tests in the name of rejecting privilege. And it's no secret that our education system and unions have abandoned teaching our children our unifying values of freedom, hard work, responsibility, and equality of opportunity. It's up to us parents to discuss values that are no longer being taught. So use that time, make yep. it count with your kids when you can. And so she says it's no longer safe in many areas. It's not just, you know, in the big cities or whatever. It's exactly. happening all over the entire country, as we've been saying. So Great point. I think she she brings up some solid, easily uh, accessible advice for yep. you parents. We understand if you can't get your kids out of the public school system, but you're still the parent. So be the parent. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, Simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, Katie. Yes. How much do you think you spend eating out every month? Does it include coffee? Sure. Yeah. That's okay. Well, then I know that's the only thing I spend money. Oh, we okay. don't. I don't eat out hardly ever, but I do get my latte pretty much every day. Wow. Well, there is a guy. Uh, one particular gentleman in London spends nearly twelve thousand dollars a month. What? Eating out. Uh, Cosman or Cosman Cernica is a 29 year old Instagram influencer who says he refuses to cook in his own home because he hates the smell. <laughs> he, he has homes in London and Dubai and says even when he orders takeout, the food has to be from a luxury meal app and delivered to his door in a Mercedes. Oh, give me a break. Anyway, some of his favorite to go orders include truffle breakfast paired with champagne and salmon sandwiches topped with caviar. As for how he's able to spend 12,000 in a month just on food, Cosman owns a boutique social media and digital marketing agency that specializes in luxury brands. Katie, when was the last time you had truffles on your cornflakes? Ugh, never. This, exactly. I, I can, he's 29? I know. You know, what? Pick a Bible verse, any Bible Gosh. verse about <laughs> idolizing money. Just how uh, you go for it. You yeah, know. really disturbing. Anyway, now speaking of luxury meals, the Golden Arches, <laughs> they're testing a new item that already has people talking. Watch this. Don't leave me this way. The chicken Big Mac has landed. But hurry, it's not around for long. 
I introduced the Chicken Big Mac. Now the sandwich, which has been a popular topic of conversation on social media for years, comes with a special sauce, shredded lettuce, American cheese, pickles, and a sesame seed bun, just like the Big Macs that have been sold since 1968. Now McDonald's announced recently It'll be testing the chicken version of its signature sandwich at select locations in Miami, Florida, after its huge success earlier this year in the UK. So Katie, I know you haven't been to Mickey D's in quite a few years, but would the chicken Big Mac maybe tempt you to come back and check it out? I did, when you when that flashed that, that image, I was like, oh no, maybe I will go. It has been 15 years, June 2nd, 2007. How do you remember that? I mean, what, oh. how was that significant? It was the day I flew out for my internship in England. So June 2nd, 2007. It was before we went to the airport. I had a salad. Anyway. Wow. Wow, there's a fun fact. That's a bonus one for you. But let's wrap things up with a little business up front and a great big party in the back. Of course, I'm talking about the 2022 USA Mullet Championships. To enter now, kids submitted photos of their haircuts to garner enough likes on Facebook to advance to the next round. Nearly 700 original entries for the kids division were whittled down to 25. And 11 teens competed in their division down from 80 contestants. And not surprisingly, eight-year-old Bailey from our home state of Wisconsin took first prize in his division, raking in a cool $2,500. Look at that mullet. But that's not all. Caden from Wausau, Wisconsin, took top prize in the teen division, winning himself a sweet cash prize. And Max from De Pere, Wisconsin, put a nice bookend on the competition, bringing home third place honors in the teen division as well. Katie, what's up with the Wisconsin mullets? Should I let this mane grow out and go back to my rock and roll days when I was a drummer and get in the competition for mullets next year? Wow, fun fact, I guess, on David on this one. Um, <laughs> I've never been so proud of Wisconsin. Way to go, everyone. Yes, we, we rock the mullets in the cheese state. So that wraps up this, this segment. More to come next time. All right, before we let you go, David and I want to find more ways to embarrass ourselves. That's what we do on this entire show the entire time. But hey, here's some more. So what better way to do that, obviously, than to share some fun facts about ourselves, more than we just gave you. <laughs> so it's time to share some secrets. Today, my fun fact for you is I have an irrational fear of old movies in color. I'm talking Wizard of Oz. I'm talking Willy Wonka. I cannot watch them. Really? I, it's, I cannot watch them. I get scared. It's, I just, mm, to, I, I mm, get away. No, we'll not do it. What That's about, my, I'm not afraid of anything else. Heights, snakes, spiders. Clowns. Clowns, what about whatever, the, fine. The, what about the colorized version of It's a Wonderful Life? I have not seen it. Okay, you've not seen it. All right, well, I've got a fun fact. Um, I was a professional actor and played some small roles on television, on General Hospital and Golden Girls. There's the mullet, check it out. Oh my <laughs> word. It's, it's all coming together in this segment. Look at the mullet, that oh. was 1989. I was sitting next to Estelle Getty oh, on hold the on. Golden I'm Girls. Getting, I'm getting some breaking news. We have, a, we have a clip we need to show? What's happening? His pulse is weak and he's not responding to external stimuli. All right, one milligram lorazepam, IV push. Please page Dr. Coletti. I'll page him. Uh, we'll take care of that. Look, step outside, please. I work here. I can help. 
right, you're also a friend of the patient, so please step outside now. Katie, step outside now. That's oh, funny. Wow. Um, I, I forgot I all think, about that. I think we can all agree that General Hospital lost one of their finest doctors <laughs> to our mullet state of good old Wisconsin. I still remember that line, one milligram lorazepam, IV push. Paige, Dr. Coletti. Am I the patient here? No. Okay. Anyway, make sure you smash that like button if you're watching us on social media. And do please send us your feedback on how David's acting skills really are by going to <laughs> stayeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching, listening, and supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project media app. Copyright 2022.